On this week's episode, I'm joined by Vice President Nicole Sedlecki, and we're going to preview the 2024 Winter Classic Coon Hunt in Batesville, Mississippi. You'll want to hang around for this one. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coon hounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Welcome back to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. This is Trevor Wade. I'm the Coonhound Program Manager at UKC, and I'm joined today by the Vice President of UKC, Nicole Sedlecki. What's going on, Nicole? Oh, nothing much, Trevor. Happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> well, we got such <laughs> rave reviews, as you like to say on your last podcast, so we had to have you back. Well, naturally. Yeah, I can see, I can see why you'd want to have me back after the Beagle Nationals one that I did with Alan. Yeah. But this is our first podcast together. Is it? It is, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah. sure is. Well, we had a good warm-up conversation down here, all of us, so we should be ra- raring to go now. But mm-hmm. uh, exciting. We're going to talk about the the Winter Classic today, and uh, obviously Alan's not on here, but uh, you've been you've been going to Winter Classic now since 2020, right? Seems like. I think 2019 may have been my first one. No, I think you're right. It was 2020. Um, one of my one of my favorite events down in Batesville, Mississippi. Yeah. Well, one of your favorite ones in well, Batesville. <laughs> One of my favorite events that happens to be in Batesville, Mississippi. I do have, I like it so much that I have one of our all breed classics that are going to be down there this year as well. Well, it's a beautiful venue. Everybody who's been there knows that it's kind of one of a kind in the Coonhound world, uh, the venue of it. Um, But Alan and I give you, give you a lot of credit. I don't don't know if you're a faithful listener of our podcast, but Alan and I give you a lot of, a lot of credit. (laughs) You and Megan, both the whole national events team for how you guys have kind of, you've taken us to another level when it comes to our national events and the feel and, and everything about it and just making it feel more unique. And I know the hunters feel the same way. You can definitely tell a difference when you came on board and you've, you've taken Coonhound events to a whole new level. So I'm glad to get you on here and maybe get a different perspective than what they hear sometimes from just me and Alan talking about an event. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yep. But before we get to Winter Classic, we're going to start out with talking about uh, Coonhound Bloodlines, obviously our publication. Um, we have a couple changes this year. One thing that we really wanted to do was to get a tournament, a tournament of champions special issue where the winner of that hunt gets on the cover. Obviously, we do that for Winter Classic, Autumn Oaks, Youth Nationals, and the World Championship. And the tournament of champions has it's made its way up in there. It's a pinnacle of our Coonhound events, and it deserves a, an issue. So there's a couple changes that happened uh, because of that. Uh, the first one you probably saw in your January issue, still a leopard hound issue, but it's now uh, paired with the pleasure hunting and bench show aspects of the sport as well. Uh, February will still be the Tree and Walker special issue. And I believe Grand American is going to be in there. I've been working on a lot of Grand American content post-Grand American, so uh, stay tuned for that February issue. March is now going to be the Black and Tan issue. Used to be the Winter Classic uh, special issue, but with the the dates of when we have to have the information in and the dates of when the Winter Classic happen, it's so hard to meet those deadlines when you don't get back until the next Monday after and right. you got to write articles and get all the pictures together and edited. Uh, so actually pushing back the winter classic special issue to April. Now, um, that used to be the black and tan issue. So those kind of swap spots may is now going to be the red bone issue and that'll make, uh, June our tournament of champions issue. So that'll be an exciting one. Always love our spread for the tournament champion winners. 
July is going to be the blue tick issue. August is the English issue. And then September, October, and November are going to stay the same. Youth Nationals, Autumn Oaks, World Championship issues. And the Plot Hound guys are going to be down there in December, along with the big game hunting special issue. Those two kind of go hand in hand. A lot of crossover between those two. So uh, kind of some uh, good changes. I think it's going to be good for us. And uh, get the TOC a winner on the cover. They deserve a cutter, uh, cover to go along with their $50,000 check. Yeah, I'm surprised that... Um... 2024 will be the first year that TOC winner is going to be gracing the cover of Coonhound Bloodlines. That's yeah, exciting. Well, you know, we didn't want to put John or Je- John Strickland or Jeff Rickless <laughs> on the cover, so we decided to start this year. But no, all jokes aside, can't wait for the TOC will be here before we know it. So it's going to be exciting to get them on the cover there. But let's talk about Winter Classic now. 37th annual Winter Classic already. One of our long, longest running events already. Obviously, uh, Autumn Oaks and, and Grand American uh a lot longer longevity, but Winter Classic has has really got a foothold down in the south. And after 25 years of it being in Albany, Georgia, this is going to be the 12th year in Batesville already. And uh, like you said, Batesville, it's kind of grown around this event a little bit. It's, I like it because a lot of the places we go, or that I go specifically for some of our Coonhound events, there's no, there's nothing around. There's no amenities. There's no restaurants or or very many hotel options. And Batesville's kind of kind of buzzing for a Coonhound event. Yeah, for, yeah, and I I like that we're all under one roof you know we can fit everything in there for the vendors the show uh the hunt headquarters it's all right there which is unique for for many of our events where we're kind of spread out like when you think autumn oaks and we have all the different barns and there's a hunt building and a show building so we don't get to if you're in one place you don't get to see the entire event um which isn't the case here for winter classic it's also just a nice break for us northerners (laughs) <laughs> right if you can make it down there right yeah right um just to kind of escape the cold not that it hasn't been cold down there during winter classic but it's not michigan cold absolutely 2021 comes to mind with all the freezing and frost and the sure. and the snow but yeah it was a bit of a pretty anomaly. tedious drives here to and fro mm-hmm. but uh uh, yeah, like you mentioned, the Civic Center, anybody who's been there before knows how the layout is. But just this past year, uh, you guys had the idea to used to be that the show, the, the stage and the show portion of it was on the far side of the building. And you kind of had the vendor set up on the opposite end and had it cut in half. Um, but this this past year, and obviously I wasn't there this past year, uh, but you guys made the decision to put the stage in the middle of the of the arena floor and kind of surround it by the vendors and, and the crating around the ring. And it, people really like that. Yeah, you weren't there, so I decided I was going to make it a lot cooler. (laughs) (laughs) Make it a little better flow. Um, No, I decided to do that because when we have an event that's happening there during the day, like let's just put it front and center, and also um, allowing the vendor spaces to – allowing the the people there in attendance to just kind of get to – see everything instead of feeling like you have to kind of stick to the vendor side and maybe not watch the show as much. Yeah. So. Shows almost with the <laughs> stage and the and the draping and stuff, the show is almost cut off from the rest of the you had to be in just a certain area to see it. And now right, it's exactly. out in the middle of everything. Now you can see it from anywhere. Yeah. And this uh this past year actually had a pretty good uptick in numbers. I, I wrote down some numbers here from the past eight or ten years and uh yeah, 768 entries in the hunt this year. And that was the most since 2017. So it seems like. From uh, last year, you're saying. From last year, yeah. yeah. 
kind of seems like it's uh, coming back to its old self a little bit. Right, obviously, right now pre entries are still going on, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, so we'll be I'll be interested to see what it turns out to be this year. But it seems like finally getting back to some of the numbers we saw pre COVID, and I think uh, some of the different things that we're doing there to draw people in is really really making a difference. So. Uh, just to talk about this past year a little bit, it was kind of the year of the black and tan. I was uh, at home inputting scores as they came in to help out a little bit as uh, we had Lacey there from our team who was a first-timer. Um, so I was kind of helping her a little bit. Four out of the five high-scoring double cast winners were black and tans uh, with Bria Ruth, uh, owned by Chris. Agapew was the overall winner. Sorry if I butchered the name, Chris. And uh, the reserve was Lefty that Chad McCoy and Brad Heil owned at the time, both uh, black and tans. And uh, one thing that's unique about Winter Classic, and it seems this way, is that when we're awarding the winners, it's not as predominantly Walker-dominated um, as other events are. Obviously, Autumn Oaks and the World Championship, there's a lot of Walker dogs we're right. awarding. Winter Classic is a, is a lot more even across the board. Why and do you think that is? I, I think it's just the time of year, honestly. You get down there, and I think it's the area, too. There's a lot of blue ticks in that area. There's a lot of black and tans in... Uh, northern Mississippi, western Tennessee, and east Arkansas. There's a lot of English dogs in west Tennessee, you know, Murray Reagan's line of dogs and, and folks in that area. And, you know, when you look at the overall numbers, they don't really lie. There hasn't been a tree and walker win this hunt since 2019 whenever Track Collector Man won it. And um, when you look at the overall numbers, 18 walkers have won the hunt um, and 19 dogs of other breeds have won this hunt in the past 36 years. So, it's been kind of all over the board a little bit more so than some of the other events that are that are like I said predominantly Walker winners. So, kind of an interesting twist to this hunt and where it is regionally. I think and the time of year it is maybe a little more nose helps you here. I'm not sure, but <laughs> that's a fun stat. Yeah, the shows not so much. Um, I don't I don't get to see the shows <laughs> here uh, at, very often because they're right during uh, peak time to confirm entries and take walk-up entries and set casts and that stuff. But the past three overall winners were all tree and walkers, including last year's winner, All-American Western Justice that the Perez is on, Dan, uh, Dan and Megan Perez. They've and been pretty young dogs the past couple of years too. Yeah. 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 Beth Jenkins and Bridget Clary's dog won it the year before that. It's just like a one-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and both of those dogs have gone on to have good success in other events. Um, but when you look at the numbers for the show overall in the history, 19 tree and walkers and the next highest breed is eight plot so for some reason tree and walkers seem to do good at, at the winter classic so we'll see if that trend continues as well uh but enough about the history if you want to hear more about the history of winter classic you can go back to episode 34 of the podcast where i had alan and todd kellum down here and we talked about the history uh the complete history of the event starting back in 1988 todd's first year so uh go back and give that a listen but let's get into this year's event obviously it's gonna be february 9th and 10th as it has the past couple years um which most people would recognize as Super Bowl weekend. We have well now. Yeah, ever since they put the extra weekend during the regular season, we seem to I, always uh, watch the Super Bowl while on the road. We well not while driving. I, I do want our listeners to know that we we do <laughs> abide by you know road safety and policies. The Buffalo Wild Wings with Effingham is now Effingham. synonymous yep. with us for uh, Super Bowl. We've had the same table two years in a row now for for a. Super Bowl watch party. Yeah. And I missed it last year due to the birth of my second child. And and you won't be there this year. Yep. I'm not, I'm not going to be there this year um, due to the birth of my first child. So, well, maybe. We'll find out. I'm due uh, February 12th. So it's a uh, little cutting it a little close. 9th and 10th. You could definitely make it down. I, I mean, I could. I think <laughs> I think I might. I could change my mind. Who knows? 
we'll see how it shakes out but <laughs> i wouldn't plan on seeing her there yeah but uh, maybe not. no it'll be a fun event it'll be a fun event and we'll miss you there but we've got a couple extra hands coming to try to help uh, uh, take make up for your oh, absence oh i'm there's no doubt that uh my my position at winter classic can't be filled <laughs> <laughs> no i do i do like going to winter classic though i won't be there this year because you know don't want to be giving birth in the middle of the uh, bench show ring but uh <laughs> that would be some extra that would be some extra stress on everybody there if you're walking around uh two days before your uh, due date I yeah think. yeah it's a lot of stairs too going that up is a lot down. of stairs yeah. yeah that is a lot of stairs yeah well let's talk about the night hunt a little bit uh some people get obviously automos is the one who confuses a lot of people because it's one hunt ran over two nights so you can only enter your dog once uh, winter classic is not like that it's two hunts over two nights you can enter your dog both nights or you can hunt a different dog either night but uh each night is separate uh, as far as awards go and all that good stuff um we i mentioned earlier to the the advanced entry still being open the deadline to enter is actually january 19th so by the time you listen to this it'll be january 7th it, it comes out wednesday january 17th so you just have a couple of days left to get entered and save yourself some money you can enter online, ukcdogs.com forward slash winner dash classic. Uh, you can follow the prompts on the website too. Maybe a little easier. Just go to Coonhound Events and Programs and go to Winter Classic and, that, and the uh, entry button is right there on the page. And if you have any issues at all, just give us a call in the hunting ops department. We can help you get in or over the phone. Uh, it's a $40 entry fee if you enter pre-entry. If you wait to do walk-ups, which we will be, we will be taking walk-ups, um, but we decided to bump that walk-up entry fee up a little bit this year. If you if you enter at the ground, it's going to be $80 per hunt. Um, yeah, so make sure to get those advanced entries in. Now, you mentioned that the awards are separate between the two nights. How do you pick the overall? So so the overall hunt winner is going to be a combination of the two nights combined. Uh, we'll take our highest scoring double cast winner. I would say if there's not a double cast winner, we would take the single night high score, but there's always at least... 18 to 24 double cast winners it seems like so we'll take the two nights combined get the highest scoring double cast winner and we'll award our overall winner and our reserve winner by doing that so that's the way that goes um yeah so yeah walk-ups being 80 bucks you know um i know it's a little steep for a single hunt but it's almost it's important for it it sure makes our job harder and the and the host club's job harder when they don't have a decent idea of how many dogs are hunting right and when you're getting somewhere between 80 and 120 walk-ups on a Friday. That's what we have been getting these yeah. past couple of years. It makes it it makes it really tough on the guide coordinators. Either we get way too many guides and we're having to tell a lot of people three hours before that they wasted their whole day. And or else we're, you know, we're scraping around trying to find some extra guides sitting around. And pre-entering just helps everybody out a lot. And that's the reason for the price discrepancy. Obviously for us, I mean, walking up, we get a, a lot more money that way, but honestly, the work that it puts in and the stress is not worth it for us. So we would always tell you to pre-enter. We will be taking walk-ups based on guide availability. As long as we have guides, we'll be able to hunt them. I haven't had to, had, haven't had to turn any way, anyone away yet, though I think Friday last year was, uh, I wasn't there obviously, but Alan was sending me pictures of the line outside the office and it got pretty lengthy at times, I think. Had a pile of people there to walk up, so. Uh, the individual hunts herself are going to be two hours long each night, and they'll be hunting judges assigned to each cast, just like any other uh, regular old hunt. Um, and in this event, there's going to be two divisions. Uh, we don't separate the night champions and the grand knights here. We just have our registered division and our champion division where the grands and night champions hunt together. 
And a bulk of the casts at this hunt go off the grounds. Uh, we do have a few satellite clubs that we have that we send about 10 or 12 casts to each night, but I don't know, 75% of them hunt off the grounds. Our satellite clubs are Winona Coon Hunters Association in Winona, Mississippi, where Mr. David Pratt's our guide coordinator. Always does a good job of getting people in good hunting. Uh, Midway Coon Hunters Club in Vardaman, Mississippi, Darren Tedder always tells me just to let him know beforehand how many non-hunting guides we need, and he'll get them in the woods. So I appreciate <laughs> somebody like that who's always able to help more than more than we need. And then uh, the, over uh, w- over in the west, East Arkansas Coon Hunters Association in Mariana, Arkansas, where old Philip Butch Heron is going to be uh, with his duck gumbo and, and all his good food over <laughs> there. And it's a little bit of a drive, but you're going to get in some good hunting and you're going to have a, you're going to have some fun over there. It's a great atmosphere at that club and they do a great job of getting people in coons to get good scores. And when you're at a major event like this, good scores are kind of the name of the game. Yeah. Good scores are good. <laughs> you want good scores. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we talked a little bit about the awards, how to do the overall, but in the, in the award specific awards, we do a top 10 each night in each category. So for Friday night's hunt, we'll do a first through 10th registered and a first through 10th champion. And then we'll do the same thing for Saturday night. But this year we're doing a little bit different for awards and I'm kind of uh, excited about it. Um, We have typically done Friday night awards on Saturday morning at Mm 9am, right in the middle of you guys doing your bench show confirmations and, and getting the show ring started. We do awards right in the middle of that. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense. The hunters have only been sleeping for about two hours anyways, so I don't think they're going to complain about this. But we've decided to do Friday night awards at cast calls on Saturday. So right around 4, 4 p.m. So if you were in the top 10 of either category, uh, you need to be in there and have your dog with you. Bring your dog in, get your award, go get your picture taken, and we'll do it right there in front of the big crowd with your peers. So I think that's actually an extra incentive, and I think it works out pretty well. Yeah, I when we were talking about that last year, about you know switching it up to have it before the cast call, we all kind of looked at each other like, why haven't we done it like this before? <laughs> you know, it's one of those things like we we just get in the habit and uh, yeah. sometimes you just need someone to say like, yeah, we should switch this up. Yeah. Sometimes we've always done it that way. It doesn't make the most sense. Sometimes exactly. You have to right. try things a little different. And then for Saturday night awards, it's kind of going to be way different for us. Usually we don't do sun, or we don't do Saturday night awards till Sunday at 9 a.m., which mm-hmm. again, doesn't make a ton of sense. We're making the hunters that night go back to their hotel or sit in their truck for three or four hours to wait for the awards to get there. So instead of that this year, we're actually doing our award ceremony where we're going to do our top 10 from Saturday night and award our overall winners at 6 a.m. Sunday morning. So just shortly after the deadline, the return deadline on Saturday night, uh, we'll probably have our hunting ops team there at the grounds uh, with our master of hounds inputting scores as they come in, getting mm-hmm. pictures from the master of hounds at satellite clubs as cards come in so we can input all the scores. So that way at 4 a.m. when that deadline rolls around, we can get all the uh, numbers crunched and figure out who our winners are. That way at 6 a.m. we'll be ready to roll and then everybody will be able to either go back and get some rest or hit the road and head home. Right. Again, let's uh, put these awards, these hot awards around the hunters yeah. instead of, you know, our own schedules. Make somebody sit in their truck for three hours outside when they got to drive 10 hours. doesn't make a lot of sense. So hopefully this helps the hunters. Um, it's going to help us as well. We're going to try to uh, – it, it makes more sense for us, I think, to just stay up instead of going back and sleeping for two hours and then coming back uh, exhausted. makes more sense. Just a couple Red Bulls or coffee, whichever you prefer, <laughs> and we'll be good to go. But uh, those are some cool changes that we're going to do. 
Uh, you mentioned, uh, or you asked me earlier how to do the overall winner and reserved, and obviously the two nights combined high score. But when you're talking about high scoring dogs of association, it's not always that way. Um, they can do it differently. So make sure if you're if you're uh, going to paying up your membership for, with your breed association, talk to them about what their qualifications are to be high scoring dogs of breed. Sometimes they go by two nights combined high scores, or sometimes they just do the highest score overall from either night. And I know uh, there's some, so so make sure you're not surprised Sunday morning when you're there and you waited to be high scoring dog of your breed and you don't get the trophy. Make sure you know what how they award that. Just go talk to them at the table. That's what they're there for. They right. want to talk to people in their breed. So for anybody who's uh, pre-entering or confirming or doing changes or walk-ups, the times to be there will be 12 to 2 either day. And that's Central Standard Time. Don't be surprised if you're coming from the East <laughs> and it's uh, a little bit different, but uh, Batesville, Mississippi is in Central Time. And we have the little room upstairs at the top of the stairs where we do all our hunt office stuff. And we'll have some different lines. There'll be one for changes. So for changes would be if your dog made night champion over the since you pre-entered or if uh, your dog came in heat and you were switching it out for another dog in your name. That's where you would do that. There'll be a line for walk-ups where we'll have forms there for you to fill out and get in the walk-up line and pay for your entry. And then there'll be the line for confirming. You still got to come confirm if you pre-entered to let us know you're there. Obviously, anybody who doesn't confirm will be marked off their card, and that's where we'll put in our walk-ups and, and those folks. So the, all that stuff's essential, and we'll be doing that from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. either day for uh, just up at the top. It's 12 to 2. Um, uh, staying on the topic of the hunt stuff, we'll do opening ceremonies and cast calls at 4 p.m. each day. Uh, the opening ceremonies on Friday will kind of be the big deal where – Sometimes there's some local dignitaries that come out and Alan goes through the whole spiel of how the hunt works and all that good stuff. And uh, I believe we'll be um, awarding the Triple Crown winner then. Uh, they should be there in attendance. Uh, Little Ann and, and JR and Ellis and Eric and that whole crew. So all that stuff will be happening at 4 p.m. each day. That's when we do cast calls. And you don't have to remember this now. Any paperwork we give you is going to give you the times and the cast number you're on and all that good stuff. So when you're at the event, uh, be sure if, if you have any questions, come see us in the hunt office and we can let you know. That's, I mean, I, I think that's pretty much it to do with the hunt for, as far as I can see. I mean, you, um, cover, you covered a lot there, Trevor. I know. My mouth is starting to get dry. I'm going to have to boil <laughs> some of your water. But yeah, uh, just a, a couple of our master hounds are going to be there. You're going to see some familiar faces with us, our field reps. We'll have Doug Cundiff working off the grounds. Uh, Philip Foster from South Carolina is uh, back in the saddle for this event, and he's going to be working the Winona Satellite Club. Mm -hmm. Jamie Eastep of West Virginia is going to be doing Vardaman. And our new guy, Mark Vest from Texas, who did his first event last year at Winter Classic, is going to be on the road to Arkansas this year. So we're going to have some of the best of the best there helping us work this event. So I'm looking forward to it. All-star cast, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Alan, I know we both have new Daltra Pathfinder 2s. How are you liking yours so far? I'm liking it. I've even had the opportunity now to use mine where I didn't have service, where I download uh, the map of that area, and uh, it works flawlessly. Love it. I agree. I really like my Daltra Pathfinder 2 as well. I've used it quite a bit the past few months. I really like the crystal clear maps. I like that it doesn't lose uh, service very much, and I, can't have, I don't have many bad things to say about it at all. Dogtra Pathfinder 2, the official GPS collar partner of UKC. All right, let's shift gears and talk a little bit about the week heading into the Winter Classic. 
that start out on Tuesday night or Wednesday night with our warm-up slams. I almost started thinking about Autumn Oaks there. But, yeah, we start out Wednesday night with our warm-up slams. And those have kind of caught on over the past couple of years. Oh, my gosh. Last year's were just banging. Yeah. What were? Do you know what? Do you remember what the entries were for those slams last year? Well, I do have them right here in front of me. <laughs> well, look at that. But, uh, yeah, I was going to say they, they've kind of just gotten so popular the past couple of years. So Wednesday night last year, last year you had bad storms on Wednesday night. So you had 60 dogs. Okay. Uh, that was, I think you guys had like torrential downpours and thunder and lightning and everything else. But the year before that, you had 91 on Wednesday night. But Thursday night last year, it went from 60 to 159. Right. Which, which set the record for for warm-up slams for the week of Winter Classic, which is absolutely crazy. If you were lucky enough to make it into the Final Four on Thursday night, you guys split $790 each. How do they – I don't even know. I, I didn't go back to the uh, Civic Center that night. But I wouldn't have been able to fit in there anyway. Oh, I'm How'd sure they get it them in, absolutely the, in the headquarters. Yeah. It's kind of, if the weather's nice, you, obviously you come in there to to enter up and get entered into the Mississippi Raccoon Owners Association, all that stuff. But then when they do the cast calls out front off the top step and you got the whole crowd out in the parking lot, that's kind of a cool sign. Yeah. I always like that. So um, I'm sure that's what will happen this year. But man, yeah, the warm-up slams, they've become something else. They're good because... You can get there and you can hunt legally for $35. You can go hunt legally, stretch your legs, stretch your dog's legs, get used to the terrain, get all the possum tree and the armadillo baying out of the way <laughs> and get ready for the hunt on, on Friday night. All right. Speaking of slams, well, because I am such an avid listener, I know that you guys have been talking about these pro slams. Are you guys going to have a pro slam? At Winter Classic? Why? You already know the answer to that. We sure are. Well, because uh, you had the ad in front of my face. <laughs> got the ad right <laughs> yeah, we, uh, definitely. We, the Pro Slam, one thing that we wanted to do is to, is to give the people who enter these Pro Slam and win these Pro Slam, we want to be able to recognize them on some of our highest platforms and highest levels. And what's better than doing it in conjunction with a major event? So uh, we decided to run one on Wednesday night uh, in conjunction with the regular slam, we're the $35 one-hour slam, uh, which anybody can afford to enter. There's also this option here for a $500 entry uh, pro slam. Um, unfortunately, it, if anybody listened to this and you wanted an entry, it filled up. We in, we opened entries a month before the date it happened. So with it being Wednesday, February 7th, we opened up entries January 8th, and it filled up in less than an hour. Uh, we got 16 dogs in it uh, competing for – uh, purse first place can get three thousand dollars second place 1750 third place 1250 and fourth place is going to get double their money and get a thousand dollars so kind of cool when you look at it i kind of wrote down uh, a breakdown of where the people who entered the slam were and of course mississippi is well represented eight people from mississippi got into the slam three from indiana two from oklahoma two from all the way over in west virginia and one in illinois so kind of cool when you you have a hunt this size you're already getting a lot of people from different states and then in this one pro slam you have five different states represented so that's kind of a cool cool I, deal i gotta admit when you said oh it's pretty cool when you look at it i thought you were referring to the ad that you helped make up <laughs> i was like well not to toot your own horn but no um i take no credit for ad design well yeah it's fair it's probably appropriate but <laughs> yeah. it would be pretty rough if i did it but uh yeah no it's gonna be fun and we're gonna we're gonna hopefully do some content uh, maybe on our facebook platform where we talk about each of the 16 individual dogs that are going to be in it 
Um, hopefully maybe do some cast breakdown stuff for Alan and I can talk about some of the accolades that they've won and, and, and some, we're going to try to put them on a pedestal. And obviously we plan on interviewing the, uh, the four dogs that make it to the final cast on Thursday. We're going to do the, the round of 16 on Wednesday. The final four is going to be on Thursday. That way the hunt isn't happening at two or three in the morning, uh, where people don't get the recognition that we want them to have. Right. We want to do it at 7 PM along with everything else where we can interview them take cast photo, get it out there and everybody can pay attention to these dogs that are entering and, and competing in our pro division. So I love it. And I'm excited to see more of these come up. Yeah, absolutely. But if, if you didn't have the chance to get into the pro slam, the slams are a good option. You got $35 hunt. You're only hunting for an hour. It's a good warm up, and there's some money to be won. Obviously in, uh, you know, you're going to get the money from the slam. 50% of the entry fee is going back to the hunters. But in addition to that, there's a thousand dollars added each night by UKC slash Ukanuba. That's going to go out to the final four. And then also if you enter the Mississippi Raccoon Hunters Association, which is somewhere between 20, 25, $30 to get a membership, they're going to give a 500, an additional $500 each night to the final four. So you're talking about 1500 added purse for the final four each night. And that's why you see last, last year, Wednesday night, the final four, Got $576 each. Last year on Thursday night, they got $790 each. That's a pretty good bang for your buck there. Yeah. I, I $30 and you get to warm your dogs up too. So yeah, it's a, it's a win-win and it's fun and, and get in there and, and take a chance on it and support the Mississippi Raccoon Hunters Association. Obviously we're all there. Um, we're all benefiting from the money that they put into their, there's a lot of people hunting on state land and, and public land down there. So this helps them. Uh, fund their resources that they have and make sure everything's still good. And, and this is what hunters need to do. We need to, we need to support associations that support hunters and the Mississippi Raccoon Hunter Association. They do a lot for the state of Mississippi and the state of Mississippi is important to coon hunters because there's a lot of major events there, um, including the winter classic. We talked about the pro slam some, so let's, uh, let's advance here to the bench show. Bench show is, uh, Obviously, the same days as the as the night hunt, February 9th and tenth on Friday and Saturday. Um, no warm up for that, but uh, Friday and Saturday, and it, it's uh, it is the same as Autumn Oaks Bench Show, where it's one show ran over two days. Right, meaning we split the entries up. Uh, the advanced entry deadline is the same as the hunts, January nineteenth. You can enter online, uh, Winter Classic under UKCDogs.com, or you can call in if you need help. And the advanced entry fee is twenty five bucks. Um, if you don't get in by the advanced entry fee, we will be taking day of show entries, but they will be $30 instead. Um, we take uh, pre-entry confirmations, changes and walk-ups on the days of the show from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. down on the arena floor by the stage, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then the show is slated to begin just 30 minutes after that at 930. So right. Kind of uh, get down there early and get confirmed and everything because it can be a little bit of a crowd down there, right? On Especially on Friday. I'm not usually down there for that portion of it, but. I know you're normally sleeping or something. <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. So be down there. Uh, make sure you get your entries in before nine and we will get the show rolling at, at 930. Megan, our national events coordinator, she she has her her Megatron again. Her the jumbo screen. We like to call it the Megatron. Um, <laughs> so we can, you know, so we'll be posting the dogs that are in each yeah. class and, and everything like that. Rather than having a steward out there, you just pay attention to the screen, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll announce the dogs individually coming in, but then you can kind of just see where 
where everyone is in the lineup. And just one ring going at a time here. So it's just one ring. So it's, it makes it a little bit easier for those, those on stage versus Automoaks that has two. Yeah. What about crating there at Winter Classic? Is there, there's no, it's first come first serve. There's no reservations. Uh, when, no, when but there's, pl there's plenty of space. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So um, we're going to move the ring back a little bit. So we'll have a little bit more depth to play with um, this year, but um, we will even set up some crating if needed along the sides yeah. of the rings too. Room for crating is never really an no. issue at Winter Classic. It's we'll such a good. big arena floor. So, But there's no reservations or anything like that through us. You just get there and select your spot, first come, first serve, and that's all there is to it. Uh, Friday this year, obviously the Friday show starts out with registered and then they transition to pairs uh, in the, in after the registered classes are over. And the judge this year is going to be Miss Scarlett Overton. She lives down there in Mississippi now. Um, and uh, she's, she's judged this event before. She's a well-respected judge and uh, going to judge a good show on Friday. Saturday, essentially the same thing, 8 to 9 a.m. They'll be doing uh, confirmations for anybody who pre-entered, uh, doing any changes for your dog if you were to move up a category, and also be taking day of show entries down there, 8 to 9 a.m. Show begins again at 9.30, and this time it starts with our champion class. If you Right, and I'll just butt in for a second, too. If you are, if you are bringing a champion and you're there on Friday uh, during the entry time, you can, you can enter your champion Friday. If you don't. We're not only taking entries for pairs and registered on Friday morning. Could get them all done. You can Friday get them all done morning. exactly. Yeah. yeah, so you don't have to come early again the next day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they start out with champions on Saturday, followed by a short, like a, a non-licensed kids show, right? A little intermission yep. where the the kids come in with their dogs, and st UKC staff usually comes in and talks to the kids a little bit and gives them a little medallion. I've never got to do that. I was gonna say I don't think you've ever been there for that. I've seen pictures. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's uh yeah, unfortunately that's kind of in the time where it's a little bit hectic up in the hunt office, but you guys always do a great job. Well, you got to remember I'm not going to be there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we'll we will need more staff down there to do that. So we'll be <laughs> we leaning, will have them. They'll be we'll be, we'll be prepared. <laughs> we'll be leaning on Megan and our our new hire uh, Kayla Cooper over in the Albury department who any coon hunter will be familiar with down in Alabama. She'll be there helping us out. So that'll be good. She's been there at the event before and uh Actually judged it. I think my first year down there. She did. So, yeah, she did. Twenty twenty, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so and so after the kids show will be the grand champion portion, and then that is followed by the show for overall, where we bring back our six category winners: best male show, best female show, our champion male and female, and our grand champion male and female. And Amber Carroll of uh, Oklahoma is where she lives now. Will be judging uh, the entire Saturday portion of the show. So excited to have Amber back in the fold to judge it, and uh, it's going to be a fun show. Yeah, something I think is cool about winter classic Ben show is that you don't you know with autumn oaks the overall winner that we recognize is going to be from that grand class um but you don't have to be a grand champion to be the big winner at winter classic yeah I, mean, I wish i had the statistics in front of me but it seems like at least over the past few years when me and you have gone it seems like it's usually not a grand champion who wins yeah at least the past last two I yeah. don't think we're. I think American Justice came from that champion class. Yeah, and then the year before that was a reg the registered, registered female. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so everybody's got a shot at that overall crown. Um, so let's talk about the top ten bench show uh, real quick. Uh, this is going to be the fourth year that our top ten bench show features the fifteen thousand dollar payout, kind of the revamped top ten bench show, and it's become competitive. Uh, Alan and I are going to do a little bit of a discussion over the dogs uh, involved and qualified and invited for it. 
We're going to talk about some of their point tallies, and it's kind of mind-blowing some of the the points accrued over the year by the dogs that are going to be there. We're talking about the best of the best. Right. And it always is. It's always a tough show, and it's fun. It's a, it's a lot different than the rest of them. A lot of our shows are midday um, in the middle of the hustle and bustle, and we wanted this event, and you were a big part of, of the discussions on this. We wanted this mm-hmm. event to be kind of different than them than all the rest of them and making it stand alone and oh, I don't know the big the civic center floor in the arena with the lights kind of low and the the big overhead uh, spotlights on just the in individual dogs it has that feel it's kind of like a really big show feel going on out there yeah i do like the um the anticipation of you know with the spotlights and calling each dog into the big ring one at a time um Makes for a cool experience. Yeah. And uh, there's no pre-entry for the top 10. By now, most of you would have already gotten your uh, invitation that I sent out and a certificate of your achievement, uh, your placement in the year in the top 10. Um, And that's going to tell you where to go and when. But just to remind you, uh, we'll be taking entries on Friday for the top 10 bench show. Uh, Need to be entered by 1 p.m. Just swing by the registration booth and they'll get you all the details you need there to get you entered up. Um, and I think those, those entries went out January 2nd. Okay. So, so should be hitting mailboxes. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen a lot of pictures of them on social media. So they're starting to, starting to get there. looks like. So, and, uh, like we talked about, that's an evening show. It's going to be uh Friday night at 6 PM is what time it starts. Um, if you're in it, like your letter details, you need to be down there a little bit ahead of time to get some instructions on the little parade we do for all the dogs in, invited, um, and then talking about the sequence of going in and how the judging stuff works. And then also there are going to be some appetizers down there, some hors d'oeuvres for, for the entrance. Eat that stuff. Don't. Uh, yeah, please eat. We have lots of, lots of food available. Um, and like you said, we're going to, we'll put everyone in, in order. So you have your, your parade order. We'll stay in that order for the actual judging. Um, so be there. You don't need to have your dog for that information sort of segment. Right. Um, but we'll we'll make sure that everyone knows the uh, order of operations before we get started at six. Yeah. In that same time period, we'll have some of the staff kind of barricading off the area to where the vendors are set up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're not gonna they're not gonna be there all evening watching their stuff. So we'll have staff and and security around to make sure nobody's where they don't need to be. That we'll have it barricaded off. And so for that reason, and just to to give the vendors peace of mind, if you're not a handler for the event, it really helps if you just stay up in the bleachers and sit in the bleachers and just watch the show from there and leave the arena floor to the dogs and the handlers yeah, and that's the an judges excellent, and staff. Excellent reminder. So um obviously feel free to come and and get some get some food if you're a spectator, but if you're if you're watching, watch from watch from the stands. It's a better vantage point anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of cool sitting up there. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about the format of the show. I won't go too much in detail of it, but the way it works is uh, after the original parade goes around and we get to see each of the dogs entered in, we'll go one breed at a time, starting with the black and tans. Uh, it doesn't matter what sex you are or what category it is or what age you are. You're going against all the other black and tans and we'll call them in one at a time. There'll be three different, uh, Rings going at one right. time with the three different judges. So the first dog will come into one, ring one, get evaluated. That judge is going to have a uh, steward in the ring with them with cards with the dog's information on it. They're going to give the dog a score 
Uh, it's going to be all confidential. We're not going to be sharing the scores with anybody. Um, and that dog will move on to ring two. The next dog will come in ring one, and this will happen all three rings. All, all, Every dog entered is going to get evaluated in all three rings and get a score where when we're done with the breed, we take it up to the stage, and it'll be tallied. And by the time all the dogs have been evaluated, we'll have one breed winner from each breed that will represent their breed in the finals. And if you make it to the finals, if you win your breed, you're getting $2,000 for nice. winning your breed. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we'll bring the seven back, and at that point, uh, while we're tallying scores and everything, we'll break down the ring to where it's just one big ring with seven benches in it. And at that time, we'll call in all seven dogs, and then the three uh, inspectors or three judges will go around and give each dog another score. So at this point, what I like about giving them another score and not just going off their initial score mm-hmm. is at this point, they've seen every dog. So at this True. time, their, their scale is set at this point. They kind of have an idea of what their scale is and what they're looking for. Because sometimes maybe when you start out with black and tans, you don't, your scale isn't hardly set as well set as it would be by the time you get to tree mm-hmm. and walkers and you've seen every dog by then. So now they can go back and they can give each dog a fresh score. And that's how we're going to award our last dog, our overall top 10 winner who gets an additional $1,000. So that's good stuff. Our three judge panel this year is going to be our judge from Friday night or Friday, which is Scarlett Overton. Our judge from Saturday, which is Amber Carroll. And we're bringing the legend himself, Steve Fielder, to come back and be our third man on the panel. So makes sense. He was, uh, when we talked to him, he was uh, on the fence about whether he was coming to do some Gone to the Dogs podcast recording there. And uh, obviously he's uh, been around Coonhounds for most of his life now. Right. Very long time. He knows what a good dog is. He's judged major shows for us before. So really tickled to get Steve there to, to do it for us. And like I said, Alan and I, I got to know here, Alan and I will be, will be doing uh, some recording to highlight all the dogs in the top 10 in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. We want to give those dogs a spotlight that, that they deserve uh, following their huge achievement, making it in the top 10 of their breed. Uh, and we're, we're coming down to the nitty gritty here. We only got a few more points to hit. Uh, just some need to know information, not hunt or show specific, uh, but just kind of need to know. So we'll talk a little bit about our refund and substitution policy. If you entered online, you saw it. If you read our ad, you saw it. If your dog were to get injured, comes in heat, anything like that, then you can end up swapping your dog for another dog in your name. Right. But it has to have a common owner. Okay. It can't just be, if my dog, let's uh, say I'm hunting and my dog falls out of a tree and gets hurt. Obviously, un- very unfortunate, but I can't enter a dog in your name in my place. I have to have another dog in my name to, to do that for us. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't make the you don't rules. Wanna, you don't I wanna, just enforce them. You're not gonna um, just go and hunt my poodle for me. No poodles allowed. Oh, fine. No I poodles guess. allowed. <laughs> uh, next one here, the dog barn. Um, as most people know, Mr. Hippie Newport, Mike Newport from uh, Brazil, Indiana. Uh, he passed away over the past couple months. Uh, Hippie is a staple at all of our major events. He's helped UKC a lot over the years. I worked a lot of events. He's He's helped us do this dog barn every year that I've been here since 2020, uh, at least. That was my first winter classic working for him. Um, and uh, with him passing, Alan and I were kind of wondering what we were going to do. And then we we received a call from his wife, Lisa, who's uh, who they were always together, two, two good ones that we always like seeing at events. And uh, Hippie's daughter, Amber uh, Buchanan, is going to come and help us out with the dog barn. Um, again, dog barn is first come, first serve. There's uh, no reservations out there. But please take care of your dogs. Keep them, keep them where they can be warm. Keep them where they have water at all times. And no dogs can be left either in the building 
in the in the arena building or in the dog barn overnight. And come on, there's a lot of people out there with eyes on us all the time, and we have to, as hunters, we got to do a better job of taking care of our dogs at these major events. Well, yeah, and if if you haven't been to Batesville, the Civic Center's like right in town. Um, it's not a place where you really want to leave your leave your dog overnight, unsupervised anyway. Yeah. And, and it, but gosh, it's going to be weird not seeing hippie there. I know. Not only this one, but Autumn Oaks and uh, Tournament of Champions, mm-hmm. uh, Green Castle right there by his own. And, uh, yeah, we've lost a lot of good hunters over the past couple of uh, past couple years, and he's a he's another one that that we'll surely miss. But uh, <clears throat> so moving on, we talked a little bit about Batesville and uh, and how it's very accommodating when it comes to hotels and restaurants. Uh, there is a campground around there, Batesville Civic Center RV Park. I think it might be just right there by the Civic Center. Yeah, it's just, it's just the. It's back the, behind it. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, an extension of the parking lot, basically. But they have uh, full hookups there. Yeah. And uh, they have their, if you go to the event ad, you can get their uh, contact information. I'm sure you can get it online as well. Um, and they have discounted pricing for people entered into the Winter Classic or going to the Winter Classic. So make sure when you call them uh, to reserve a spot, you you mention that you're going to be competing or going to be at the Winter Classic. And there's a little bit of a price break there for you. Otherwise, there's a lot of hotels around there that are a lot of them are. Pe- there's a surprising number of hotels in Batesville. We've been to three different ones, I think, since I've been there. <laughs> yeah, so. less. You're right. <laughs> uh, vendors. Uh, Megan Hartmas has uh, kind of taken over the vendor stuff for us over the past couple of years. If you're needing, to, uh, I talked to her before I came down here, and we had 17 confirmed vendors, I believe, which is really good for this event with still a couple of weeks to go. If you're needing to get in touch with her about being a vendor for this event, you can reach out to her by emailing vendors at ukcdogs.com. Yeah, she makes it, she, she's really made it easy to get those contracts in. She has it all online so you can just um, get the contract and pay up with click of a link. So yeah. um, she's, she's a friendly gal, that Megan Hartmas. <laughs> yeah. One one thing obviously she'll want to know before she sends you over the link to enter in is maybe what you're selling. We're going to make sure that you don't have conflicts with uh, some of our partners, uh, right. food partners and things right. such as that. Um, and maybe this, the size of your setup is very important. We got to make sure we got plenty of room on the arena floor and we want to be accommodating to everyone. So just a little communication there can go a long way. Just let us make sure you know the size of your setup, how much you need and all that good stuff. And then it's as simple as uh, kind of filling out an online form and, and getting mm-hmm. it taken care of. Very yeah. Simple. And then she'll, she'll reach out to everyone too, um, for times to come in and set up times and all that. So that, cause we allow everyone to pull in. Um, yeah. but we really need so many trailers on that floor at one time. Yeah. And you can't, Friday just is not an op. Whenever there's that many people there getting oh, ready for show and stuff, goodness. it's just not yeah. an option. So that's why She'll send you the everything you need to know to be there beforehand on the Thursday before the event. Right. So that way you can get it get it set up and out of the way so you don't have to fight the crowd. And kind of one thing I just added before I send it off is we lately we've started, you know, obviously there's more content creators inside hunting now than there, there was three mm-hmm. years ago. A lot of podcasts out there. A lot of people doing their own YouTube channels and we've been accommodating for those folks. We want them to be at our major events and capturing content and sharing it out to the masses. Uh, we have our media center, they call it at Autumn Oaks, and we've had uh, a few podcasts set up at Winter Classic over the past few years. I think this year we already got three signed up, um, and we got uh, room for a few more. Obviously, we got the whole concourse where you could set up a table to show off and advertise for your YouTube or uh, podcast or whatever it is that you do. We we want to we want to help the content creators best we can. So get in touch with with us. You can get you can reach out to me directly in the hunting ops department if you want to, and we can talk about what you got going on. 
and uh, get there and get some uh, get some footage. And I think it's good for the sport. Get it out there. We're trying to make it mainstream and get it on everybody's TVs and everybody's radios. And we appreciate content creators and we want to have a space for them. Absolutely. So, other than that, that's kind of a roundup. We're heading into the thirty seventh, thirty seventh annual Winter Classic already. Um, feel like we just left Winter Classic, or I was not Winter Classic. Yeah, you weren't. But, you weren't there. But. <laughs> I feel like it just happened and it's here again already. Time flies. I'm excited for Winter Classic. I love getting down to Batesville. I haven't been there in a couple, in a, obviously over a year now. I'm excited to get down there and see everybody enjoy some some of that Mississippi. So hope to see you guys there. Thank you for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. Be sure to give us a follow so you don't miss any of our new episodes or content.